Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of The Primal Show. You have me, Michael McKnight, as co-host, as well as co-hosted with my good buddy, Eric Lytle. That's me. That's you. That's me. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for joining us, everybody. Um, we have a very exciting episode today um, that we're going to talk about. Before we do that, though, uh, Derek and I figured it'd be a little bit, um, it'd be fun to talk about our our week just a a little bit of a insight into what we do each day in terms of eating in terms of working out etc um so yeah i are you good to to start that to take us away with that derek yeah for sure um i guess generally like weekly depends on what i'm doing but like i raced last week so it was kind of a taper week for me i should say i raced on saturday 55k um so but generally though what i'll do in a week is i'll i like to run in the morning so i'll do my runs in the morning and then later in the afternoon slash evening, um, I'll either ride my bike or go to the gym. Recently, I've been doing a lot more gym work. Um, it's probably because I hate the cold. Not that it's that <laughs> cold in Tucson, but I'd rather just go to the gym instead. Um, and when I go to the yeah, gym, what, I'm like, what was that? What's what's cold for you? Like 70 degrees? <laughs> it's 55 here today, dude. It's pretty cold. Oh, wow. That is that is quite a bit lower than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an anomaly, though. Like last week was all in the 70s, and then this week's in the 50s, but it'll jump back up. Uh, yeah. I was just say it's weird to see you in a hoodie. I don't see you in a hoodie that often. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of like this weird cross temperature of not that cold, but not, I don't know. I was like, I just felt like I needed a hoodie on, but it's almost too warm. But, uh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's basically my week. So, like, then long runs on the weekends. And then I try to do like a strength session after my long runs as well. Um, just that way when I do a recovery day, like a shorter run day or a ride day then I can maximize the recovery and not just like get totally worked by lifting on an easy day. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then based around that though, like whatever I'm doing, um, it kind of depends on how I eat that day as well. Like, I don't know, basically I just eat off like my hunger. So if I'm doing a big workout that day or I did a big workout prior, then I generally eat a lot more and like maximize my protein intake as well. But if it's just like a mellow day and it's like, I don't know, I just eat whenever I feel hungry, I guess. But yeah, I think, well, I think it's important to like the point that you just brought up. It's good to um, like the, the whole reason that we want to share what our weeks and days look like is because, you know, what we do determines what we eat. Um, and a lot of this episode, a lot of this podcast really is going to be about how we eat and how we are a little bit more strategic with our carb intake, et cetera. And a lot of that is going to be based off of how active we are. Um, this is not just some random uh diary entry that we're doing right now where we just want to let everybody know what we do with our day um it's very much intertwined with how we eat um but for me personally uh off season per se um i'm trying to recover from the arizona trail but also at the same time i just signed up for a last man standing event which is going to take place in a couple of weeks so my off season was cut a little bit short <laughs> Um, I just, I decided I didn't want to let the Arizona trail DNF be my final thing for the year. I got to go on a little bit more of a high note than that. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I'm in a, my, my training has been a little bit weird lately. I've been doing a lot less running, a lot more weightlifting, a lot more cross training, backcountry skiing and swimming, but generally I'm putting in about two to three hours a day of activity in. And it's just a mix of everything I just listed. 
Um, so because of that, I am eating quite a bit more than usual because my volume is still pretty high and I'm still getting in really good workouts each day. Um, you know, for example, today I woke up at like 6am and, um, I had to shovel my snow, my, my driveway. We, we got a few inches last night of snow. Um, it's definitely not 55 degrees here in, in Northern Utah, <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, after I shoveled the driveway, I went to the gym and I did, um, about an hour and 10 minutes on the treadmill just to get myself used to the mundane feeling I'm probably going to have at the last man standing and across the years in a couple of weeks. Um, and then I did a mobility slash strength training routine followed up by the sauna. And so after I finished that, I came home and, um, you know, that's usually after my workout is when I diving back into last week's episode, that's when I usually have my liver. I also have some eggs with a little bit of bone broth cooked in it. Um, and then I usually do a bowl of, of fruit, which is typically blueberries and banana with a little bit of heavy cream, raw heavy cream and honey put on it. But that's kind of the typical day-to-day for me. Um, so my my style of eating is not changing much right now just because I'm doing the same volume every day right now. Um, I don't know if you're in a similar position with your volume where you just kind of stick to the same things every day in terms of nutrition. Um yeah, pretty much. Like whenever, like, so I raced on Saturday, which was like three days ago now. And I try after like a big effort to maximize like red meat protein. And so when I finished my race, like I, I drank some water, obviously at the finish, but they had a bunch of just like crap food. Like they normally do at events, like just like Doritos and junk. So I didn't need any of that, but I got, I thought I had, so I had um, in my truck, I have a Dometic fridge. And so I had um, a half gallon of raw milk at a carnivore bar a keto brick and add some berries as well, just cause it sounded good. It's good to have like a little bit of carbs for recovery. Um, but part of the reason I did that though, is because as soon as I finished my, my 50 K I drove to Phoenix. So about two hours because Jeff Browning was running desert solstice and he asked me to, to crew him and help his wife out a little bit. So like, that was kind of like a unique scenario um, after a hard effort, but generally I would go home and like make eggs and either like ground beef or a steak or something to really just maximize the fat and the protein, but like more emphasis on protein than anything. Then a little bit of carbs too, like if it sounds good, but like definitely not like a bunch of chips and cookies and crackers, even though it sounds kind of good, it just causes a lot of inflammation. And like, you don't need it at that point. You really want to like minimize inflammation after running for four or five hours. Yeah. This is kind of a side note, but did you notice what Jeff was eating uh, while he was doing desert solstice? Yeah. So, um, we had talked about it before we did a Canyon run a couple weeks, I guess three weeks ago. Now we did the cowboy loop and, um, we were just chatting about different things he could do on race day. And so, um, we had talked about mixing, um, his rocktane drink mix beforehand. So he basically drank all rocktane. Um, he had some chips, like some of the avocado oil, um, it's that brand, I think Boulder Canyon chips or something that make, they oh, fry yeah. their potatoes and avocado oil. And he's a big fan of that. Um, and that's basically what he ate. Like he had a, a bottle of like rocktane protein and a bottle of electrolytes as well. It was essentially just rocktane drink, drink mix the entire time along with Vespa. And, and that was basically it. Um, rocktane, that's goo, right? Yeah. Is it just like a carb based drink that goo makes? Yeah. It's a like carbs, obviously some electrolytes and it has BCAAs as well. Um, I don't know the exact oh. breakdown of it, but he's been doing that for a long time though. Um, and like he's sponsored by them, just like full disclosure there. 
Um, but I think he dilutes it a little bit. Don't quote me on this, but like it's not like a full concentrate mix. Like he like half and halves it or something. And he also added salt. So what he did is he mixed up like four gallons beforehand because he was initially doing the 24-hour. And so he mixed up four um, four gallons of roctane and added his, enough salt in there. He did a salt sweat test or a sweat salt test, whatever you want to call it. And so he was able to know exactly how much he's sweating out per liter of, of fluid he's taking in. And so I think it's somewhere around 1,000 milligrams or a gram per liter. And so that way he was able to like get the exact salt ratio that he needed um, while he was out there. So it was pretty cool. Oh, interesting. I've never yeah. done that before. It sounds pretty valuable. Yeah, it works really well for um like races like that where you have a crew or something. I saw Bitter do it um at Jackpot a couple of years ago. And then it just makes sense though, because you can mix up your all your drink mix beforehand. It saves time for your crew. Then like if you have like a half bottle or something, you can just fill it up. You don't have to like sit there and like do the math to measure out like your sodium and stuff. And it, it's super yeah. convenient. And actually you have like proper sodium ratio as well. So it's cool. So maybe for yeah, I think uh, that's something that I was say maybe well, for uh, yeah. last man standing that might be helpful. Yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah. And it'd be I think it'd be beneficial too for you to put in the show notes. I don't maybe you don't even know this, but um the, like the sweat test. Um I, I have no idea where you could do something like that. I'm sure some listeners might be interested in doing that too. Yeah, it's um it's a guy that he coaches. I think it's Remo something. Um I don't know his last name oh, or Remo. the name. Yeah. Do you know the name of his company? Because I don't. I haven't heard of his, I don't know who he works for, but I know who Reno okay. is. Yeah. Like, um, I can ask Jeff and I'll put it in the show notes because it is really interesting. And him and Peter Mortimer did it and they have slightly different uh, salt. I don't know what you would call it. Like how much your body expels salt while you're working out. Um, it's slightly different. Everybody's a little it, bit different, but it generally averages around a gram to a little over a gram. Yeah. Maybe it'd be good for us to do an episode in the future on electrolytes because one of the pretty common understandings of a primal based animal-based diet is you lose more electrolytes than the typical like um, athlete who eats more carbs. And the reason for that is just because um, uh, salt holds on to, to, or sorry, man, I I always butcher this. I always like mix them up, but basically like your body, when you go low carb dumps water. And so when you're dumping water, um, which is going to be more water than the typical high carb athlete, you're also going to be dumping more electrolytes. So you got to up your salt intake is basically all I'm trying to say. It'd be fun to do an episode on that in the future though. Yeah, I agree too. Cause especially once people start eating better, like not just hyper-processed junk, like Taco Bell every day, like you're, <laughs> you're also like limiting your salt intake. Cause if you get like a burrito at Taco Bell, like there's probably a couple of grams of salt in that minimum. And so if you're eating that every day, that's like, that's quite a bit of salt. And so if suddenly you're eating real food, like fruit and meat and stuff. There's not a lot of sodium in that. So you need to start replacing that too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll dive into that another day, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so today's episode, um, what? And if if the answer is not what I think it's going to be, that's fine. Still answer it. <laughs> but for you, for you, Derek, when you tell people that you follow um, an animal based diet, what would you say is one of the biggest, um, most popular questions that you get? when you, when you let people know that you do that? I'd say the two biggest ones that are basically like the same as far as like how often I'm asked is one, how do you afford it? And two, (laughs) is your heart going to explode? And those are the two (laughs) most common ones. And they're probably like equal frequency. And it's, it's kind of just like, okay, here's the same questions again. So it's kind of just have like a, an answer ready to go. Um, but yeah, what about you? 
Yeah, same thing. Uh, how do you afford it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say that that question, like, as a runner, you like when you talk to non-runners, you get used to the comment. I don't even like to drive that far. Or how how is it? How does that affect your knees? Like that's got to be so bad for your knees. Like there's these staple questions or statements that you get asked or told that are like trying to. I don't want to say attack what you're doing. Like people are just trying to like sincerely know how you operate when there's data and misconceptions of the opposite, if that makes sense. And so like, yes, with it, with an animals based diet, one of the biggest misconceptions that obviously we both see is that people think that it's way too expensive and just not affordable. And we wanted to spend uh, some time talking about ways that you can follow a, a, an animal-based uh, diet without breaking the bake, basically. And I, and I would say, too, that like one of the easiest answers that I give people, which is not as satisfying for them as giving them solutions on how to afford, afford it, is I, a lot of times I just say, you know, I I have pretty crappy health insurance. And the reason for that is I just never go to the doctor. I'm never sick. And so I have like, I don't even know if it's actually health insurance. It's called Christian Healthcare Ministries. It basically checks the box off that you're covered with insurance so that you don't get that fine at the end of the year that the government sends out for not having health insurance. But basically, it's just like catastrophic. So I have to cover the first $5,000 of every single doctor visit that I go to. And so I'm never going to have help for like just a basic cold or flu or going to the doctor for some kind of checkup like that. But if it's catastrophic, then I'll receive the help that I need. And so since I don't have the best health insurance, I just let people know what I eat is my health insurance premium. And so that grass-fed organic beef that I'm buying, I just look at that as me investing into my health so I don't have to go to the doctor and have to pay thousands of dollars for having heart issues, for having any kind of issue for having such a terrible diet. But that's just kind of a one-off comment I'll give people. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like that just reminds me of like a friend of mine, like she's pretty healthy. She like was a slackliner, like climber or whatever. And we were talking one day about nutrition and um she was just like, yeah, like you think about it, like eating well is essentially health insurance. And I was like, like what are you talking about? I just never had thought about it before. But essentially it's what you said. She's like, well yeah, like if you eat well and you get older, you're going to have less medication, less likely to have surgery, all these different things. So essentially you're like insuring yourself without paying like an insurance company. You're just, and then you actually feel better throughout your entire life. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Basically, if you don't take care of your health now, you're going to be spend basically the money that you would spend on grass fed animal based products right now. Like you're going to be spending 10 times that 20 years down the road when you have all these health and like issues pop up. So that's a pretty good point too. And not to mention your quality of life is going to be greatly diminished. So there's, there's yes. um, two reasons <laughs> to eat good, I guess, or eat properly. Yeah. But I guess speaking that's, of that. That's just, oh, go ahead. oh, no, I was just going to say, that's just like, that's not a very satisfying answer for for most people. So we definitely want to give some, some help and tips uh, for the people who are listening. Yeah. I think most people and myself included, like we always think pretty short term, right? Like you have a, a crappy workout and you're like, oh man, like I suck at running or if I, whatever, I don't, I don't know, something happens. You're like, I suck at everything I do. So same thing like with, with like nutrition and stuff like, okay, you spend say $15 or whatever on meat. 
it's like, oh man, that was so expensive. But you don't think long-term on it. Or you need to think long-term on everything that we do because like that's really where the benefits are. And so like eating properly, like obviously there's those benefits there. Yeah, for sure. So have a long-term goal. Think about, or sorry, not a long-term goal, but just a long-term view um, of life. Yeah, that's definitely needed. Uh, but there are two where you can actually save money and still eat clean and healthy, still eat an animal-based diet. Um, obviously, some of these solutions are not going to be like <clears throat> on a scale of good, better, best. Like it might be better and not best. Because kind of like what we talked about last week with liver, like if if it's a if you if you're presented with the option to eat Walmart liver or natural grocers liver or not eat liver at all, like obviously the the better answer is to eat Walmart liver if that's all you can afford. But the best is if you can afford the grass fed organic liver, then that's the route that you should definitely take. And so I, I would venture that it's the same with with all other animal products as well. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it, it's it's interesting though, because a lot of people, especially influencer, influencers online, are like, you have to buy grass-fed, grass-finished, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, that's great if you make a million dollars a year and you're single and you can spend all day cooking and you have a flexible work schedule and stuff. But like, I don't think it's realistic for most people. Like if you have five kids or something, like buying like 10 pounds of grass-fed beef a day or something is just not going to like work out. Like it's just not feasible for most people financially because that's a lot of money. And I myself included, even though I am single, it's like, I'm not, I'm not buying like grass fed finished everything all day, every day. Like it just, it just financially doesn't make sense. And, and so there are definitely like, I don't know what you'd call it. Like there's a spectrum, I guess, like you're saying like good, better, best. And it's definitely better to eat good versus just like the, the best plant protein or something that's not even going to be a complete protein for you. So yeah, I, we're in agreement. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So on that note, and this might be a little bit of a, a tangent, but like one of the one of the um, arguments that people put out there as to why you should not eat an animal-based diet is because it negatively affects the climate. And you and I both know that like, for, for those who are listening and not watching, Derek just closed his eyes and made a very disgusted <laughs> face. <laughs> um, like grass-fed like cows have little to no effect on the climate. Like we just got to put that out there right now. And we can share some studies in the show notes if we need to, but grass fed. Yes. Like that's not an issue. Factory farming. It is an issue. It's not as big of an issue. I would say as people paint it to be, it's definitely more of an issue than grass fed. And so I'm just curious to know your thoughts because obviously like Walmart cows like the majority of them are not going to be grass fed. Most of what you're buying at a, a store like Walmart is going to be factory farming. And so I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on people who can only afford Walmart beef, how much they are negatively affecting the climate and if they are negatively affecting it at all. I think it's pretty minimal, honestly. And like, I think this would be another good uh, episode to do to talk about that. Because there are data both ways showing like, oh, it affects the climate and it doesn't affect the climate. But like as far as like grass fed, grass finished stuff, I always look at like the American bison, how they just like were all over the plains up until a couple hundred years ago before they were basically hunted off. And like if if cows are causing climate change, then so were the American bison. It's like obviously they didn't. They were there for who knows how long, just like forever, essentially. Um, and then obviously the factory farming is another one. And I don't I don't know the details. I, I definitely want to dig more into it. But it's just, 
I look at it from more of an ethical perspective. It's just kind of sad to see cows like sitting in the pen all day, like in their own poop and just doing whatever they do. And like there, I've read studies and I can't think of the top of my head necessarily, but like saying that the methane from a cow is different than methane from other sources that cause like actual climate change. And so maybe we shouldn't talk too much about this because I don't know all the details, but I don't think it's that big of a deal personally, like flying a plane across the ocean to go whatever, go to Europe is going to cause way more damage than eating beef every day. Like, let's just be realistic about it. Not to mention like beef, even from a factory farm is way more nutrient dense than say soy or corn and soy and corn, corn farming is very detrimental to the environment. Not to mention like, if you're worried about carbon emissions, like it's farmed using diesel fuel and fertilizers and all these other things. So like when people like make, I think they get like, they kind of like silo themselves into just like, Oh, climate change, climate change, climate change, like as in global warming, it's like, well, there's all these other negative aspects as well. And like just focusing on one is very myopic and it's not looking at the whole picture and it just doesn't make any sense. And it's kind of, it's kind of a reductionist argument. That's just silly to me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people are really stretching for the stars on that one. Really? I agree. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's foolish. And like, we can definitely spend a whole episode on this in the future to, to show like it's not as bad as people say it is. Um, so I, and, and I just bring that up because I, I want people to know that that is something that we do think about that. Yes. Like you need to take care of your health. Yes. Um, an animal based diet, like people attack and say that it affects the climate. And, you know, I, I do want people to know that we are aware of those comments, that that is something that we can talk about in the future, but taking that back, we were before I, brought that up like if you can only afford that kind of beef like don't let that stop you um like you're you're not you're not killing the climate <laughs> yeah i think the main thing too is like okay you like just kind of getting back on track here um like you don't have to shop at whole foods for everything i think it's what most people think is like oh you eat meat so you must be shopping at whole foods for everything it's like no i, I hate whole foods it's expensive like everything there is expensive like i don't hate it necessarily but like like I, I rarely go because it doesn't make any sense financially for me. And like probably even less so if you have kids and a family or something like, yeah, I'd love just to buy like everything grass, grass fed, grass finished and highest ethical standards by everything. But like, I, I can't, I can't afford that for being realistic. And I don't think most people can like, this is, it's kind of absurd. Yeah. I mean, I went to Costco last night. We, we just got a Costco up here in Northern Utah. Um, and my wife loves Costco. <laughs> But uh, I was just exploring their meat section last night, and they actually have some really quality stuff. Uh, they have some salmon from, like, so they have some good salmon there. They they had some bison that I bought last night. It was like three pounds of bison for 19 bucks, and it was organic grass-fed bison. And so there are, like, yeah, like you said, Whole Foods and Natural Grocers, uh, restaurants, or not restaurants, uh grocery stores like that are not the only place that you need to go to find quality stuff you can do it on a budget still yeah let's um like let's backtrack then because i think a lot of people don't really understand like how much we're eating per day like if you think like i don't know if you like eat cereal or something like something that's not nutrient dense you get a ton of it and you're still hungry um whereas with meat and like more animal-based things like you you're filled up a lot faster you're more satiated because of the fat and the protein in it and also just the minerals and and the vitamins and stuff um so typically like this is just kind of like a general thing like it it varies a little bit for everybody like based off your activity level and like how big your body is and stuff but like you should be aiming for one gram of complete protein per day per pound of body weight 
So like if you weigh 150 pounds, like 150 grams of protein. Um, so like that's that's kind of like my baseline for things. And if I feel like I need more, I'll eat more. And like, I don't know about you, like how much, if you've ever looked at how much protein you eat per day. Yeah, I'm about the same. I, I try to get about 50 grams per meal, which equates to about 150 grams. I'm 170 pounds and I, I know I get extra. Like you know, it's not going to be perfect. I'm not going to get 150 exactly every day. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I usually shoot for 150 to 180 grams a day. Yeah, I think the easiest way to look at it too is like about a pound of meat, like beef anyways, per 100 pounds of body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, like a pound and a half of meat per day um, is basically on target for getting your protein needs. And on top of that, you're getting fat in there and you're getting like micronutrients and vitamins and things. So, so it's, it's a pretty good baseline. I feel like it's easy to think about because you don't really have to like okay, there's 22 grams of protein and like three ounces of meat. So I got to eat blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, it's, I don't know, eat till you're satiated and then you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, I think a lot of the people who ask the question, how can you afford to eat that way? They're stuck in how they are currently eating. And so just like you said, when you're eating cereal, when you're eating pasta, when you're eating cookies, your body burns through that so fast. And like, after you have like a high carb, high processed meal, you're ready to eat again within an hour or so, because you just burn through that so quickly. And so people have that as a baseline, like they know how much they're hungry. They know how much they have to eat because of how quickly they're burning through their food of choice. And so they assume that when you're doing an animal based diet, you're, you're having the same type of hunger which is not the case at all. Like for me today and most days, I only eat two meals a day. And so like today, by the time I got back from my workouts, it was about 11 o'clock. By the time I made my breakfast and sat down to eight to eat, it was between 1130 and noon. And so I usually typically try to go about three to five hours in between meals. Um, if I have a day where I'm just a little bit more hungry than normal and I can't do that, I might eat like half a keto brick or I may drink a, a an eight ounce glass glass of whole milk, but um, for the most part, I can usually go each day and only eat two meals a day. And you know, eggs that that's a great source of protein too. I eat a ton of eggs, and eggs are are way cheap. And so, you know, definitely, when you eat this way, you're definitely a lot um, less hungry, and so you don't have to eat as much, and so you don't have to spend as much on food because you're not burning through it as fast. Yeah, exactly. Like. For my breakfast, generally I'll do um, like probably like four eggs or something and some meat and cheese in there. And then um, I do coffee as well, which is relatively cheap and you don't go out and buy it and just make it at home. And so like, even if I buy like the most expensive eggs, that's like two bucks for my eggs. And then if I do a half pound of meat, that's like 250 or something. So it's like a few, what is my, like $4 right there. Then like a few pieces of cheese. So that's another 50 cents. And then coffee is like maybe a dollar. And so that's like five or six dollars right there. But then I'm full like for a long time though. Like it's not like I ate six dollars worth of cereal and then an hour later I'm having another six dollars worth of cereal. It's like because I could eat an entire box of cereal like in 15 minutes. Like <laughs> it's delicious. Like as a kid, that's all I would do. I just eat like massive amounts of cereal because it's like it's not nutrient dense at all. And your body knows that. So you're just eating and eating and eating to try to like get some sort of like nutritional benefit from it, but you're not. So, anyways, back on track though, it's like that's generally what I do too is like two meals a day. It's like, I'll do like a, like a breakfast after a, a run. 
and then generally like an early dinner and that's kind of kind of typical for me well and i think you just brought up a really good point cereal and eggs essentially cost the same thing especially if you have a costco um like i know that like a lot of small chain stores eggs are kind of expensive right now <laughs> but me last night we just went grocery shopping at costco and I bought two 24 packs of brown uh, organic cage-free eggs. So 48 eggs and that costs 12 bucks. And like you buy, yeah, it's a great deal. Each pack is 550. So 24 eggs for 550 and 550. It's been a while since I bought cereal, but I'm guessing cereal is anywhere from four to eight bucks with how things are right now. And so cereal might even be more expensive than eggs if we're being realistic here. And if you were to sit down and have four to five eggs for a meal versus two to three bowls of cereal, like you're taking way less eggs from that 24 pack as you are from the cereal when you have two to three bowls and it's cheaper, you're eating less, you're more full. So like really, I don't want to talk too much about eggs, but like eggs are a great way to get fat, to get protein, to get calories, to get nutrients and not break the bank. Yeah, I 100% agree because like kind of like on that scale, we talked about the good, better, best, like even the worst quality eggs are better for you than cereal. Like they're yep. a real food and like, yeah, like you can talk about the ethics and whatever of them, but, and they're just probably eating like a corn, soy um, feed mix, but they're still way more nutrient dense than cereal. So if you bought, like, if you go to natural grocers, for example, I, I know not everybody has that where they live, but like here in town, we have a couple and it's like, it's literally $2 for like mediocre eggs. And that's a 12 pack of eggs for two bucks. And so if you ate six eggs for breakfast, that's literally $1. Like that, that's nothing. Like you cook up some eggs and if you put in like, say a quarter pound of ground beef in there, it's maybe another dollar. And so it's a couple dollars right there for a very nutrient dense meal. And like, yeah, it's not like super exciting, like it's not cinnamon toast crunch and a I don't know, a toaster strudel and whatever, like pumpkin spice latte, but like the health benefits are there. It's super cheap and you're going to feel a lot better afterwards. Yep. And even if like playing devil's advocate, even if you eat a whole dozen eggs every single day, which I'm not advocating for, <laughs> but even <laughs> if you did that, <laughs> like that's, that's 15 bucks a week to eat something like that. And like, 15 bucks a week is not that expensive and you're going to be so much more full. Like it's crazy. Like, like I said, I just had six eggs for breakfast with a little bone broth. I had a three ounces of liver and I'm good until five or six tonight. And then tonight I'll have a little bit of ground beef, um, a little bit of pork rinds probably too, and call it good. And like, <clears throat> if I had to guess like what everything cost me today to eat, you know, like six eggs, we'll say it was a dollar three ounces of liver. Or so is about $2. Um, so what are we at there? There's three or $4 for the day. And then my dinner tonight will probably be, you know, ground beef is about six or seven bucks right now where, where I'm at. So today I'm going to be like everything that I ate today is probably going to be about 10 to 12 bucks, which some people might think is expensive, but for me, realistically, I don't think 10 to 12 bucks is a day. 10 to 12 bucks a day is not that much when it comes to like making sure you're eating healthy and taking care of your health. Yeah, I 100% agree. And like, you can even make that cheaper too. Like if you cut out the liver, for example, like mm -hmm. it's, it's another couple of dollars cut off right there. So like that's $10 or less per day right there that you're eating. And it's like what we were talking about earlier too. Like if you're, yeah, if you're eating three meals a day, 
then yeah, like it's going to add up, but like generally you're going to be so full that you only need to eat two meals a day. And so people only do one meal a day. And it also depends on your like activity level as well. Like if I didn't ride and go to the gym and run every day, like I'd be eating way less. Cause I notice on like, like days when I literally just don't do anything, like say it's like a, a down week or two or something like off season, like I honestly barely eat anything. It's almost kind of like, it's kind of scary sometimes. I'm like, oh man, like I should be eating more, but I'm like, I'm just not hungry. Like I'll eat breakfast and it's like, okay, I'll just go all day after eating breakfast. And I'm just like, oh crap, I should probably eat something just because I know I need food. But like, I'm just not starving. Whereas if I would have had like cheap stuff, I'd be eating like or snacking throughout the day. But um, kind of touching back what you said, like you're going to have some pork rinds maybe. Um, I feel like packaged things are just, they're way overpriced always. Like mm-hmm. you can buy all these like, key, like people in <clears throat> keto, like how do you afford keto? Like buying all this expensive keto food. It's like, okay, well, like if you're buying like quest bars on these things those things add up really fast because one like they don't really have any nutritional value to them and they're just packaged things like it doesn't make any sense to spend four or five dollars on a bar when you can buy ground beef for that same price or something so like if you're really looking to like eat carnivore on a budget you avoid all those processed foods which you would be doing anyways like you wouldn't be buying like pork rinds not that they're super expensive by any means but like they they do add up i can get a whole bag of those for sure and then i'm trying to think like what other processed like carnivore i guess you get like fruit jerky or something things like that like you could eat that technically on a carnivore diet but like what you're getting per dollar doesn't really make any sense like you could just be eating bananas for way cheaper because bananas are what like 60 cents a pound generally and they fill you right up yeah i think that's a good point too so many people when they come to this approach really try to spice up what they're eating And it's easy to fall into the trap of like buying snacks that are like keto friendly or keto approved or whatever. But like when you like actually, this is a complete side note too, but if you like look at the ingredients, they're obviously not keto friendly. (laughs) Like that's the term you got to watch out for keto friendly because it's really not keto friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But like so many people like, like there's so much of a market right now for the low carb diet that all these companies are pumping out these so-called keto friendly things and the people who are eating this way that are buying that stuff yeah that adds up fast and so like i think i think the the solution is just to make sure that you look at your nutritional approach as a whole foods approach that you're trying to get like 90 percent or more of your daily calories your daily macros from just your real food so meat eggs some hard cheeses some raw milk some fruit and avoiding that packaged, like it's still junk in my opinion. It's obviously better than cereal and other stuff, but it's still junk in my mind. So if if you're avoiding that stuff, then yeah, you can definitely save quite a bit of money and be healthier at the same time. Yeah, and like speaking of that too, like a lot of people are like, okay, well you're doing whatever type of diet you need supplements. It's like, well, not if you're really eating a full like whole foods diet, like, you don't really need supplements because those are really expensive. Like we talked about last week, organs and desiccated liver supplements. And like, yeah, like I, I do that sometimes, like it's not like something I do every day, but like if you were to buy like all these desiccated organ supplements, like 60 bucks a bottle that lasts a month or something, and you buy like four or five bottles of those a month, like $300 just in organ supplements, like that's insane. Like you could be buying real liver for a fraction of the price and it's way better for you. I think probably anyways, I've never seen any studies, but I'm assuming that, but like, that's just another way to save money. It's like, you don't need to be buying supplements. Like if you're eating real food, then your body's getting all the like minerals and, and vitamins and like macros you need 
Like you don't need to be supplementing with things unless you, maybe you have like, there's like always anomalies, right? So maybe you have like an issue where you need to like take a supplement of some sort, but like for the most part, once you're like, you're healthy, you don't need to be taking like a multivitamin every day or, or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Another thing that I think it's important to bring up too, a, a way to save money is, and, and I know that this is not possible for everybody, but uh, buying in bulk is a great way to to save money when it comes to eating an animal based diet. And there there's places like I've referenced this place a few times now, but Costco they sell in bulk. Like <clears throat> we bought a bag of, or sorry, it ended up being like six bags of organic chicken thighs a couple of weeks ago because they just sell in bulk. And I think it like the six bags ended up being 25 bucks, which when we were shopping at Walmart before Costco got here, like uh, a thing of organic chicken thighs from Walmart was close to 16 bucks, probably equal to about two of the six bags that I got at Costco. And so way cheaper and we ended up just cutting five bags off and throw them in our deep freezer and we'll just pour, pull it out when we need it. And so, you know, buying in bulk is a huge, huge way that you can save money. Oh yeah, totally. Just like you talked about the eggs, for example, you buy that many eggs and it lasts forever and you're saving a lot of money. And like, maybe it's only like a couple bucks like for the eggs per week, but that adds up over the year. And the same thing with the meat and the beef and chicken and all these other things, like it just adds up. Like if you have the space and like, say like a deep freeze for it, like that just totally makes sense. And then then on top of that too, like if you're going to have like, say all these chicken thighs, the chicken bones from that, you can make a bone broth. Like it's really easy mm-hmm. to do. And you just, I don't know, like it's just, you're not, you're just essentially using the entire animal versus just like the, the portions that we're accustomed to eating and you can make your own things. And it's like bone broth is super simple to make. You just basically throw in a crock pot or boil it on the stove and like let it go. Like it's not like you have to sit there like for 12 hours watching it or something. Like it's just kind of, it does its own thing. And then, and like, cause you buy, like, I've bought like epic bone broth before and it's delicious, but it's like what, six, seven, eight dollars sometimes for like a serving of it. Like that's insane when you can make it yourself for literally pennies. Yeah. They just know that we're a lazy society and we'd rather just buy it. <laughs> exactly. That's why people buy supplements and yeah. cereal. People eat cereal because it's convenient. Well, it's delicious too, but like, it's a super convenient and I don't know, it's easy, but sadly yeah. that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another way that you can buy in bulk too, and th- and this is what I meant earlier when I said not everybody can do this, but buying like a whole cow. Uh, I I don't know if there's a website like because I know that there's the raw milk finder website where you can plug in your zip and see where near you potentially sells raw milk. <clears throat> it would be cool if there was a website dedicated to letting you know where you could buy cows from local mm-hmm. farmers. But yeah, me and my wife, every year, uh, somebody that I coach, she owns an Angus farm, grass-fed cows. And every year, it's actually really convenient because um, I coach her for free and she gives me a cow a year for free. So it works out really well. (laughs) But even before I started coaching her, we were buying it from her. And you know, when you buy a whole cow, like the first cow I bought from her, it ended up being about 900 pounds. And you get brisket, you get tri-tip, you get ribeye, you get T-bone, you get sirloin, you get ground beef, you get liver, you get heart, like you get the mix. And 900 pounds, what we ended up paying for that cow, it ended up coming to $3.20 a pound, which like if you were to go to a grocery store and buy a ribeye, 
what is it like 10 to 12 bucks a pound at the oh, grocery like, store at least down here it's like 15 a pound yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's over 10 yeah, yeah for sure insane and there's not a lot of places you can go to where you can buy just the generic factory farmed ground beef for that cheap uh, if i'm not mistaken it's been a while since i bought ground beef from a store yeah it's generally four to five bucks a pound sometimes more depending on where you are okay but so yeah like buy a deep freezer buy a whole cow if you can and like three dollars and 25 cents a pound to get all of that and it usually you know i have two kids and my wife so for family of four 900 pound cow that lasted us a year and a half and we didn't have to buy steaks or anything for a year and a half like it was it was great so and again i know that not everybody can do that but it is definitely worth looking into because you can save a ton of money if you do that yeah and then on top of that too it's like well now you have all these extra fats you can and you have all the organs as well too so you have like if you have the mm-hmm. liver and the heart you can be cooking that stuff up so you're not buying it not that the organs are generally very expensive but you're able to save money in that regard too and it's pretty cool and then like if you have like say a ribeye or or whatever um you have all these fats that come from it so you could if you wanted to you could render it down and just get the tallow out of it or if you cook bacon yep. so you bought like a, a a whole pig or half a pig or something you cook up the bacon you have all this bacon fat you can save the bacon fat to cook in like it's it's totally normal to do it's a good thing and it's, that way you're not buying more butter or more coconut oil or something you already have a fat so like use it yeah I, it always makes me cringe whenever I see like my mom or somebody like get a, a big paper towel and like wipe the grease out and throw it away. Just like, oh my gosh, you can pour that in a Tupperware, stick it in the fridge and reuse that thing. It's so amazing. And it tastes so good too to cook stuff in bacon fat, pig fat. Oh, oh dude. Yeah. Like, like eggs cooked in bacon <clears throat> fat is one of the greatest things ever. And it's cheap. Yeah. And it's cheap, especially if you use your own bacon fat. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, buying in bulk, buying a whole cow, buying a bunch of eggs, saving the fat, like there's so many ways that you can save money and and eat an animal-based diet by following a budget. Uh, there's, I think it's also important to note too, me personally, I don't care as much for these meats because I think they're more bland, uh, but you can, you know, you can, unless it's chicken thighs, chicken thighs are fattier. Like they taste better to me, but for the most part, chicken and Turkey, I don't really care for, but if you do like that, like it's animal based and it's quite a bit cheaper than beef, to be honest. Yeah. I love chicken thighs personally. I'm not a big fan of like chicken breasts, but like chicken thighs are great. Like smoked Turkey is really good. Um, but just like a normal Turkey is not that great in my opinion, but if you do like it, it's cheap and they have full amino acid profile and everything. So you're getting a good protein source from that. And just remember to add more fat, I guess, because generally chicken minus the thighs and legs are pretty lean. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, this reminded me of something that I get a lot of crap from my family. But like whenever I go eat with my family, I, every Sunday we go to either my parents or my wife's parents to eat dinner as a family. And a lot of times there's like some kind of chicken or turkey that I don't care for. And even roast beef sometimes, because my mom, she cuts the fat off of roast beef Uh and it's not as fatty as the beef that I have. And so a lot of times like we'll go eat and my family's like pouring their gravy and stuff all over their meats. And I'll just get a plate of of meat and I'll get some butter and I'll just like melt the butter and drizzle over everything. And like everybody just like looks at me with absolute disgust that I'm putting butter on my chicken. And I just don't understand like why that's such a bad thing in their eyes it's kind of crazy yeah like why is gravy good but butter isn't like 
Yeah. Why? <laughs> or you, or you, you put butter on like people put butter on steak, people put butter on rolls. Like, like why is butter all of a sudden so nasty when you put it on chicken or turkey? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that, that is super weird. Same thing you put on a steak or something. Like it enhances all the flavor, and people are like, oh, that's so gross. It's like, but why? This is butter. Like it's delicious. <laughs> what if it's real butter, anyways? Yeah, Kerrygold. That's the yeah, best. It's so good. <laughs> But um, the the other the other good thing too about buying a cow or or something like that is you're supporting local farmers too. Like it's you're supporting a local business. You're especially if they're grass fed and a small dairy. Like you're supporting something that's not factory farming too. And so you're kind of knocking two birds out with one stone in that sense because you're getting it for cheaper, and then you're also not you're not also not helping out the factory farms too. Yeah, something too. Um, like sometimes people have chicken coops and stuff, and like my parents have chickens and they lay eggs like every day, and so they always have tons of eggs. But a lot of people sell their chicken eggs for relatively cheap, and that's just a good way to like meet people and you to like talk with like the quote unquote chicken rancher, farmer, whatever you want to call them, chickener <laughs> person, and you can see what they're feeding their chickens as well, and like you, know, you just buy their eggs and if they're good quality or whatever, and sometimes you get a really good deal and you create a relationship with that person, and I don't know it's just kind of cool that you're able to do that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, what else are there? Are there other things that you've found to to help save money when eating an animal based diet? Um, the other main thing too, I think, is just shopping the sales. Like, obviously, we have things that we enjoy. Like, I would love just to have like a ribeye every day, um, but this is not realistic, or a tomahawk steak or something. But you can shop sales. Like, okay, like this fruit's on sale this week, so I'm gonna be buying this. And what dishes can I make with that? Like, okay, like these meats are on sale. Like cool great like sometimes you can find like steak for just the cheapest ground beef sometimes you can't and it's like okay cool what am i gonna do with this and just looking mm-hmm. through like whatever grocery store you normally go to or a couple of grocery stores like shop the sales and you can save a lot of money that way and then it's like kind of going back to buying in bulk like if the ground beef is really cheap buy a bunch of it and stick it in your freezer or like if a bunch of like whatever like fruits are really cheap buy them you can freeze them make smoothies out of them like mm-hmm. there's plenty of ways you can save money by the shopping the sales yeah, and I think when you like have all these influencers on social media who like post what they're eating, like a lot of times, you, like we'll, we'll use the Liver King for example, since we talked about him last week. But like you know, every day he's posting to his story what he's eating, and it's usually pretty um, eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but like it's usually like a bunch of burgers. You got a bunch of avocados. You got a bunch of bacon. You got a bunch of liver. He'll do steak. Like when you look at what he's eating. Like it's easy to look at that and be like, oh, if, if people who follow this approach are eating that way every day, there's no way I can afford this. But being like 100% realistic, I would say 90% to 95% of my dinner every week, every night is ground beef. Like I probably have steak or roast or something a little bit more fancy, maybe once, twice a week at most. But like all the other nights, it's ground beef. And ground beef is so much cheaper than steak. And so like, don't don't think that if you're going to eat this way that you have to eat steaks every day. Like Sean Baker, he's another one too that's always posting pictures of these like massive juicy steaks that he's eating. Mm-hmm. And that's great that he can afford that. I can't. Ground beef in my mind is just as tasty, especially if you add a little bit of Kerrygold butter or something to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, like it's easy to meal prep with ground beef. Like you can buy a huge, big three or four package of ground beef 
Uh, I used to do this when I have to work when I had to work a nine to five job in Denver. But I would throw like a bunch of ground beef in a slow cooker with some butter, and I would cook four or five pounds out on Sunday, and then I would just ration it in like six or sorry five Tupperwares, put some in the freezer, put some in the fridge, and then every day I just grab that thing, maybe have a hard boiled egg with it too, and then just take it to lunch. Like ground beef is super easy to meal prep too, which is kind of a side tangent. <laughs> yeah, but that saves time and then essentially saves money too. So I think it's a really, really good yeah. point. It's like, don't get caught up in like people that are millionaire, multimillionaires, like, and essentially marketing on Instagram, showing how they eat steak every day or whatever. Like you can do it a lot less and a lot more effectively. So like, so do what works for you essentially is what it comes down to. Like if you need eat a lot, you eat a lot and make it work for you and you can always make it work and you just got to think about it for a little bit because everyone's life is so different and just kind of change things to fit your lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did have a question for you that might be helpful. It might not be <laughs> uh, for the listeners, but you mentioned last week, I believe it was force of nature that you've mm-hmm. ordered meats from them before. Uh, is that route a cheap route for people if they were to order bulk meat online? Not really. Um, I've I've done it a couple times. Um, sometimes if they have a good promotion, I'll order it. But generally, it gets kind of pricey because you are buying the premium cuts, and they are like a like a premium provider, and so they don't have okay. like like a five dollar ground beef. It's all like at least like eight dollars or nine dollars or something. So like it's good quality stuff, but like I don't think it's realistic um, for most people. Like I would like to just order it every week and or every month or something, but it doesn't really make any sense, at least for me. Okay. I figured I'd just ask because I know we talked about that last week too, how I was like looking for liver online because mm-hmm. nowhere here carried it when I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I was just wondering if that would be a solution for people that might not have as much, not, ugh, might not have as much access for like higher quality meats in their area. Yeah, it is an um, option, but it will be pricier. Okay. Um, well, since this is an episode about budgeting, we won't talk too much about that. Then. Yeah, I'd say that's a no-go for most people. <laughs> okay. Um, another question. How much fat a day do you aim for? Because I know that that would affect how often you're eating. I really don't monitor it, honestly. Like, I just feel like it's already there within like the milk and um, like cheese, yogurt. Um, if I do eat yogurt sometimes, um, and the meat, obviously. Like I generally, if I buy meat, I don't buy the super lean, like 93.7 ground beef. I'll do like 80.20, um, which is mm-hmm. cheaper. And you also get the fat content because you do need the fat. And so, yeah, then I'll do like butter and sometimes I'll do like a bulletproof coffee, which has like a tablespoon of butter. So that's like 13 grams of fat or something. Um, So like, I don't really think about it too much. And I just really focus on the protein macro and then everything else kind of falls in line. Maybe I should, I don't focus more on it. I don't know. Like, do you? I used to, but not anymore. I'm curious to know though, I'm sure there's some people that's wondering why you don't worry about that. I just don't think about it, honestly. I'm like, I'm not like doing keto by any means or or what do you mean? Well, I guess the better question would be like, why do you monitor the protein more than the fat? Um, Because I think protein is more of a building block than fat. Like fat is obviously like you need it. Um, but it's just always there with the protein. Like I'm not eating like just straight up like whey protein or something like every sort of like protein source I'm eating has animal fats in it. And so I just feel like it's there like in a, an okay ratio. And I've never felt like I'm deficient in my fat intake. So like, 
I don't know like how much of a ribeye or like I guess ground beef, like it's if it's 80 20, it's 20% fat. Like that's a, a fair amount of fat in a pound. Like that's like what three to four ounces of fat probably like in that pound of ground beef. So like it's it's already there and I just don't really think about it. Like I I don't know. I just I just don't think about it. <laughs> so when you say you monitor your protein, you monitor it to make sure you're getting enough. You're not trying to make sure you're getting too much. Yeah, mainly just enough. I don't really worry about having too much protein. Um, I guess okay. if you have like an excessive level, there could be issues. But like, like for as active as I am, like I don't think it's really that big of a problem. I okay. do feel better the more protein I eat. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering because obviously the more fat you're eating, the more satiated you're going to get, which would affect how often you're eating, and how often you're eating is affecting how much you're spending money on food. And so yeah. obviously if you're going to have a little bit denser, higher fat foods, then you're going to be full more and you're not going to have to eat as much and you're going to save some money. Yeah. Don't listen though to the people who tell you that fat is bad because it's a bunch of BS. Most of trans fats. <laughs> it's good to eat fat. Yeah. All well, natural. Even, even then, oh, like, isn't there some, isn't there some studies right now? I'll have to find them to make sure I'm not saying something that's inaccurate, but if you're getting trans fat from animal-based products, like I know that beef tallow, epic beef tallow has some trans fat in it. And so yeah, like the I, naturally occurring trans fats are fine. It's when you have like this hyper-process um, trans fats, that's when you're yeah. having the issues. Kind of like with like Got honey it. sugar versus like processed sugar. It's kind of similar scenario. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Cause you're answering my question. <laughs> so yeah. Same thing. Like honey is technically sugar, but honey is better for you than just processed sugar. And so, yeah. You know, trans fat in a bag of Doritos is obviously way worse for you than trans fat found in beef tallow, is exactly. all you're saying. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think it is important, too, before we wrap up to note that you can still eat fruit on an animal-based diet. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, go check out Paul Saladino. He goes by Carnivore MD 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carnivore MD 2.0 on Instagram. Uh, he is huge into carnivore. He also eats fruit, so he eats meat and fruit. Fruit, especially certain fruits, especially if you get them in season, are also very, very cheap. And it's a good way to also add variety to your diet as well. But like bananas, apples, avocados, people think avocados are not cheap, but you know, they, what are they, like a dollar, a dollar fifty per avocado? It depends on where you live. Like since I live close to Mexico, they're generally like 50 cents to a (laughs) dollar. Oh gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. But it depends on where you live because I've been places too where they're like 250 or three bucks. But um, you could even just have an avocado as like a supplemental thing too. So like with your eggs or something, have half an avocado and and mm-hmm. have half the next day or make guac out of it or something. So yeah, I don't like avocados, unfortunately, but some people probably do who are listening. Yeah, it's technically <laughs> a fruit too. So it is, there's a seed in it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I. Back in the day before I understood that like making smoothies messed up the nutrient profile of fruits, like I used to do smoothies all the time and I would throw an avocado in my smoothie because I couldn't taste it. Like you cannot taste the avocado in the smoothie, but it makes it so creamy, like almost like ice cream. It's crazy. Have you ever done that before? Yeah, it's super good. Cause you can even freeze them and you throw them in there and it's delicious, man. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it makes the smoothie delicious, but. 
I hate avocados, dude. I don't know why. <laughs> I think yeah. I had way too much when I first went low carb. I had them like two or three times a day. <laughs> I think it's most people. Like I kind of have to put them in things now too, because not that I had them that excessively, but I'm like, okay, these are, this is okay. Like just put them in something <laughs> and it's all right. Like I generally have like a half an avocado and I'm done at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so much better as guacamole for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, cool. Well, I think that's all I have in terms of how you can eat an animal-based diet and and follow a, a stricter budget. Is there anything else that you have that you wanted to add? No, I think that's it. I think it's just being like cognizant of what you're buying, um, not eating out, not buying supplements, eating real food. And just kind of listening to your body and aiming for like a high protein intake, which will be coupled with fat intake and you'll be more satiated and you're not just endlessly spending money on like junk carbs. Mm -hmm. And I think it is like, I know we kind of joked about it a little bit at the start or not joked about it, but just made it sound like it's not a good answer, but like really prioritizing your health like that should be one of the best answers that <clears throat> even if there wasn't a way to do this on a budget, that shouldn't stop you from doing this. If you prioritize your health, if you want to be here for a very long time for your kids, for your spouse, like all those things, if they matter to you, then your health is something that should be prioritized. And, you know, it, people do argue this and I don't understand how they argue this, that like something like a bowl of cereal and some whole wheat toast is better for you than a piece of meat. <laughs> Um, I highly disagree with that, but you know, once you realize that meat is not bad, like it's trying to, like people are trying to paint the picture that it is bad. When you realize that, like, just don't worry about the money. If you're in a financial spot to not worry about it and just know that you're going to be very thankful 20 years down the road that you prioritize your health right now, because, you know, every day we get older and every day that means that we have to be a little bit more careful with how we eat and how we treat ourselves. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you'll be happier, healthier, your quality of life will be better. You'll be able to enjoy your kids and your grandkids, plus all the activities you want to do. And it's just, it's kind of like being aware of what you're doing and just, I don't know, eating better, being a little active and can be pretty healthy. So it's, it's yeah. a good investment. I feel like instead of um, buying a uh, pop tarts and Panda Express every day listening to this episode of the primal show we we you know we have a, an outline of things that we want to talk about for future shows but if there's anything that you have questions about or anything that you want to learn more about comment on the youtube channel that this is going up on comment on instagram or send us messages and give us some insight into what you'd learn more about because we definitely want to make sure that we're covering everything animal based and making sure that everybody understands the the concept of this and why it's good for them, why it potentially might not be good for them, because I, I think it is important to note that everybody's bodies are different. Um, some people do have to eat less meat than other people. About Just be sure to comment about it and we'll be sure to cover it in a future episode. Yeah, for sure. Leave your comments and um, we'll get to them. <laughs>